It's just too much. I think she's a very nice girl. And they just made me employee of the month yesterday, so I'm getting a lot of calls. I know where I'm not wanted, and I'm not wanted any place where people have all these social obligations if you get one of me. That's not true. You have you have two kinds of stuffing. You have real cranberry sauce. Run! I mean, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself. And I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? Hello and welcome to the Best Supporting After Show, where we continue to queen out on all things Best Supporting Actress. We occasionally talk about awards. We usually catch up on the things that we're watching. We check in on our Best Supporting Assignments. We queen out on our BSAs of the week. And then we put on our heavy coats and we put on our heavy purses and we get our heavy asses out of here. I'm still Colin. (laughs) Who you calling heavy? Who you calling heavy? After and what I'm we just talked about, Nick. Yeah, I know, right? You knew I was sensitive. You remember that doctor? Um, <laughs> don't bring up the ranch tip. Um, <laughs> no, we uh, we are we are live spirits, but we are here for what is. If you've listened through to the very end of our humans episode, we are here on what is our last. Free to everybody, best supporting after show. Um, yeah, the last all skates. The last all skate. I love the yeah. last all skate. So we, I went through a whole spiel at the end of the last episode that if you've listened, you're like, oh, God, Colin, don't do it again. And I won't. But the short of it is that the best supporting after show next week is moving to the best supporting Patreon. Uh, and so that will include a continuation of the discussion that we're starting today of Pen15 of the second half of the second season. So uh, if you want, if you are enjoying the Best Supporting After Show, and if you want to get early access to the Best Supporting Podcast main episodes, mm-hmm. uh, where can people go? They can go to patreon.com slash bsapod. And that is just $5 a month, and you will get a bonus episode every single week. You get early access. You'll occasionally get another bonus episode, like BSAs of the Wild, or just like yeah. we might just need to talk about Roni for an hour. So yeah. uh, there's we're planning for you know uh, some bang for your buck. Uh, Big things coming. The sky yeah. is the limit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but we didn't want to leave you hanging this week, you know. Uh, as we we are just announcing the Patreon, and it's just going to give you a sense of uh, where things are going as of next week. But um, more importantly, how are you? I am good. I mentioned on the main episode that I went to my grandmother's craft show over the weekend, and it was a highlight. I just had the best time, and it was really cute because I brought Keon and our friend Jamie, and her sister was supposed to come, but she had other uh, last-minute snafu um, and so we went and we bought like everything on her table because she sells good stuff. She does a lot of the, the, the plastic canvas, you know, the little tissue box. Uh-huh. Christmas, we bought a gingerbread house. That's a tissue box cover, I guess you'll call it. Um, and Ugh. just other really cute magnets. And it was uh, my mom texted me that night and she was like, Grandma tallied up her totals and it's the most she's ever sold ever. Aww. Exclamation point. And she was just beside herself. It was really sweet. That's great. Oh, that's so fun. Um, were there any food options at this craft fair? Yeah, you know, there were. And um, I can't remember if we went to Sheets before or at. I think we went to Sheets before it. For those of, I mean, most people know Sheets. It's like 
Yeah, Wawa's mortal enemy. Yeah, yeah, but please, like, tell me, like, when you go to a Sheets, I've heard of it, but when you go to a Sheets, what do you get? When I go to Sheets, typically it's like when we're traveling somewhere or just like on vacation or on random Saturdays that we don't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. But I, if it's breakfast, I'm getting a a pretzel melt. Um, what? With just it's Colin. It's it'll change your life. I frankly, I don't know why how I didn't take you there. When you were here, so that's yeah. the top of the list. Top of yeah. the list is to go to Sheets, and it, you know it's it's made to order. It's the little screens, uh, which is great. You don't have to talk to anyone. Um, Beautiful. But I get the pretzel melts, egg breakfast sandwich, and it's build your own. You can put whatever you want on it. I usually do bacon, sometimes ham, egg, uh, probably provolone or Swiss cheese, and then I get really gross. I oh God. it's gonna it's gonna cause people. And it's going to be controversial. So I put ketchup on it, which no, I feel is. I know. But Colin, me. Colin just. Oh, it's so good. I don't even care. Oh, it's so it's amazing. Your sandwich. And, oh. and then I also, this might even take it to the next level for most. I also put mayo on it. And it's divine. Divine. Ugh. And now all of this is what on a pretzel bun? Is that what's on going a pretzel? On? Yeah, it's like it's called a pretzel melts, but it's like it's a pretzel bun, but it's like a chewy pretzel bun. It holds everything perfectly, and everything wow. has like a schma in front of it, so schmuffins and schmegels and schmiskets. Um, so it's really cute. Sheets oh my god, rules. sheets! Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I actually did just go to a Wawa recently, um, and had an amazing Italian sub, and they have great subs. They do, yeah. And it was the same thing where you just order on the screen. Oh, my God. These places, I got to tell you, like New York, I know we have our bodegas and we have the occasional 7-Eleven and like all of the other restaurants. But like what we don't have is the like Wawa Sheets experience. Like I know you can order from the screen at like, you know, McDonald's, whatever. But like it's really not the same. Like when I went to the Wawa and I'm sure the Sheets is the same. There's an there's a space. There's yes. There's aisles. There's intimate or like infinite possibilities. Yeah. There's hot options. There's uh, there's just so many things, and it's just like oh, it it's lovely. Um. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you had a good sheets experience. I'm glad you had a good craft fair experience. Yeah. Um, I got little um. One last thing about sheets. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, please don't um, let me cut off your sheet story. Please. I, I mean, I I just think it's it's such a great place. But I, the one thing, the other thing I did order, of course, were the little mini hash browns, and they're almost like mini latkes. I really oh. do believe they're like they're the closest thing you could get in like at a gas station. That's a, mm. a potato pancake. Not yeah. as crunchy. I mean, let's not go crazy, but like it is a similar f- flavor profile. They are the same shape and te- it looks like a baby latka. It's it's so good. So, oh, that sounds nice. Uh, <sighs> so there wasn't a lot of room for me to eat at the craft show, even though they had, you know, the baked goods table and, you know, the little the cafeteria was open. Oh. Oh my god! How could you resist? Oh my god! I would have. It's just so yeah. It was gone great. and thrown up in the boys' room so I could eat more. <laughs> oh my god! Um, well, that sounds like fun. I uh, yeah. I had a similar experience on Saturday. I guess I went with my two friends. They have a car, and we went to Jersey, and we went to first went to this huge flea market by Ooh. like giant in the Meadowlands somewhere. It's, you know, just in this parking lot, and I got a whole bunch of things including like a little um 
like Pillsbury cookie press, so you can make spritz cookies, oh, which I've never the done spritz. before. Yeah, so I got a I got a little spritz gun, so I got that. Um, but it was you know so the, and a whole mess of things just for like nothing. And then we went to an estate sale, and we <gasps> went to which which we had been to one like a, a few months ago. And it yeah, was, you were really excited. Yeah, yeah, way more fruitful. This I think okay, that one yeah. set the bar high. This I didn't really see much. Um, we went to a vintage store, and then we went to, to um, it was a used bookstore that I used to go to as a kid, but it had moved locations to one town over Whoa. called the Book Trader. And I was like, oh, my God, I think this is the same Book Trader. And so we went, and uh, and I asked the woman, I said, out of curiosity, you know, this like old lady who was like, are you the same lady from Rahway? Uh, and yeah. I was like, out of curiosity, like, is this the same Book Trader from Rahway many years ago? She, and she was like, yeah. It's the same one, and then CVS wanted to take over the space. I said, I know, I remember uh, there was a little <gasps> CVS next to it. And then she's like, yep, and then we were in Colonia, which is like another town over, and then the rent, the guy was crazy, and now we're here. And I was like, I can't believe it. The book trader, which was – I this was like, ugh, this, this place was just so important to me as a kid. And I was like, I yeah. can't believe this is happening. Um, so I got to go to book trader, and I got to go to Wawa. It was uh, – it was like such a nice day, and I got to be oh, in that's Jersey. Such a yeah. fruitful day. I love. Is it a used bookstore? I'm assuming. Or yes. Just like, okay, yes. I mean, even better. I just want to curl up on a big, comfy chair with like a blanket and a cup of tea every time I'm in a used bookstore. Yeah. I never yeah. want to leave. I never do. And this one, I mean, it. You know, it, it was definitely like just lots of like shelves and piles of books. Like it wasn't the prettiest used bookstore I've ever been in, but like. You know, the fact that it was there made me feel good. Oh, I love, yeah, I love when they're messy. I love yeah. when it just looks like a tornado went through it. That's, yeah. like, that's like that's like more points. But I do, there comes a certain point where you're like, okay, I don't even know how to even look at this because it's so crazy. Right. But, right. Um, you know, that's typically the sections I don't really care about. I just move on to the next one or something. Yeah. But yeah. So, so that was really, that was lovely. But, um, but, you know, we are here, you know, to talk about, Things we've been watching. Yes. And in particular, we, I don't know about you, but I know that I watched the second half of the second season, the final season of Pen15. I did too. I finished it. I finished it. I know we had talked. Oh, right. 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 I, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, you finished it. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, yes. Uh, got, Okay. Hot takes. What's your take on the second half of the season? I am going to pull it up on Hulu and just look at the episodes because I, even though I had just watched it last night. Yeah. Little, yeah. I mean, I remember the broad strokes, but I just want to kind of take a quick peek. Um, in general, I, I think there is so much packed into this second half of the season, and it really gave me everything I wanted. Like the first episode, which we're going to talk about today, Bat Mitzvah, was just like such a nod to like, season one of pen 15 and totally. like it, it had that zaniness that i had been like wanting and craving and but still had like moments you know what i mean and then mm-hmm. i mean it's like it's hard to not talk about the middle episodes too but we'll get to them eventually but i just i just thought this was such a a beautiful send-off to this show i think everything I don't know. It wasn't about like wrapping things up for me, I guess. And I was and I was curious of how they were going to end it. But I just thought it, I mean, I wept during the last like five minutes of the finale. Oh. It was so perfect. And um, I love this show. I, I just I'm so glad that it ended well. And 
um, that's those are my opening thoughts or hot takes, I guess. Yeah, I I mean I agree. I thought that this the second half of the season was I feel like the heaviest batch of episodes they've ever yes. had. You know, yes. bat mitzvah being the lightest of the bunch, but still like there's also like you know Anna navigating you know the the trauma of her you know broken family and being triggered by the Holocaust. You know, which is like yes shouldn't have worked like it shouldn't have worked and it was brilliant i think anna and maya are going through such like turmoil in this half of the season and like their hormones and their just like chemistry is just off the charts like in different ways you know and i think the way that they're showing you know anna as this child of divorce you know where it's like when she's talking to her mom in the in her bedroom about the Holocaust and how her mom can't give her any answers to like why God would let this happen. And it was like, this is not about the Holocaust right now, but like, I can't believe they managed to like pull that off, you know, of like showing us what could be very funny in a way of like, look at this teenage girl kind of, I don't want to say overreacting, but you know, there's like a, I don't know. it, 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 what it makes me think of is like, when Justin Bieber went to like the Anne Frank house and was like, yeah, I think she would have been a believer, you know? Um, it's that like that kind of disconnect, but they managed to like really be genuine about it. Um, even though I got to say, I will never not laugh at Becca saying I'm Jewish and it was really messed up. You guys like, (laughs) Oh, Becca, a BSA of this episode. I just, what a great send off for her. I will forever remember her for this episode she's so funny the lines are so ridiculous she was you know she has been kind of a featured supporting character through the whole series and yeah i've always really appreciated becca um and not just because she follows me on instagram uh, (laughs) but she does whoa Um, no big deal but um but i think that she I know that girl and I can't tell if it's acting or if it's just her delivery. But like, honestly, some of that is like, no, like there is a pitch to that, that she's nailing that like a bad child actor couldn't do, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's like, look out because she's taken over the world. I just, I just loved her in this episode. And she says something like later on, in the episode oh she says like after they give their presentations and she's like i think it's because of the holocaust holocaust that like jewish people like we have our faith now and then she's like and also if anyone parks in front of the temple (laughs) my dad will tow you i'm sorry (laughs) something i fumbled with it but i was just like oh my god so perfect so good and and then that bat mitzvah i mean the moment they showed the playbills and all that i was like this is real. This yeah. is so real. I know someone who had a Broadway bar mitzvah. Oh, so like, God, yes. I know. I mean, so many Jewish kids had a, a Broadway-themed bar or bat mitzvah. <laughs> Let's just be real here. God bless them for it. But Yeah, I would, that would have been my theme. Yeah. I mean, the only way this would have been funnier if it was like a little gay kid, you know? Yes. Like, just a little gay Jewish kid, you know, uh, singing, you know, if I were a rich man on, like, the shoulders of two guys, I think oh, would, yes. would be heaven. But That would be really great. But I did think that this was, for a character that has been a, a, a great featured, you know, BSA throughout the series, I thought this was a great um, 
feature episode for her and was so funny and um and i agree with you i think you're spot on that it was a a nice throwback to the energy of season one and you know with some of like the heavier stuff you know weaved in like instead of like anna you know dancing to the electric slide you know and being you know inspired by grandma's words she like has a panic attack and runs out of the room and i thought oh okay this is like we're not fucking around here you know yeah, there's a. I mean, just in this episode alone, it's like everything that we said so far. It's like Anna's dealing with <laughs> learning about the Holocaust and her di- uh, parents' divorce, uh, impending divorce, I guess, and also Maya kind of coming to terms with like her family is. I think that's such a specific, fascinating thing that they chose to highlight too. Is like when you become aware of your parents status and how much money they have yeah and like sometimes it's not <laughs> i mean in this case it's not in her favor and it's usually like the older sibling telling the younger sibling because it's just how it goes um, right like they're more aware of like the reality of things um, yeah, and I, yeah i feel like we've talked about this like i used to be obsessed with this as a kid of like wanting people to think we had more money than we did and like oh yeah being so attached to financial security and like whenever we would drive through like the rich neighborhood, like Colonia estates on the way home. And I would just stare in fascination at these houses. And I would think, Oh my God, these people's lives are so complete and so secure. And I think there was like, there were periods of real financial instability because of my dad when I was a kid. And so I think I like internalized that. And so you like looked at these rich people and I thought you have, security oh my god that's like the thing i'm desperately needing right now you know um and i thought yeah when this came up of like oh no we're poor like it was it was also just like so funny because i understood why she did the thing of like i would bring the chanel shopping bag oh my god i get that chanel shopping bag oh yeah my uh I feel like she maybe it wasn't the same bag, but in in the first season when they do that that milk commercial where they're dressed up as the Spice Girls and everyone comes yes. over, I feel like she hung that same yes, bag on the wall. Yes, she does. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. tape, with tape, with tape. Yeah, That's, I mean, such a great deep cut. I love that because you don't see it at all in the yeah. entire episode. She digs it. Ugh, I just love okay, this show. I heard there's so gonna be Dippin' Dots, Colin. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely getting Strawberry Nanner. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> Maya was so, so funny good. in this episode, when she's dancing with the glow sticks and that little dress. Like she is, but I mean, the I have to also have to say the scene where she gives Becca the necklace. Oh, I, mean, I know. Like the nuance of Becca shaking the box, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! That's genius! That's yeah, genius!" I uh, know, and like Anna realizing, even as they were ordering it, that she made a mistake because she looks to her mom and was like, "Mom," as as like uh, her dad's calling on the phone. Yeah, she's like, "We don't, yeah. we, we, you know, we don't have to get it." And I think it's a genuine, like, "Oh, I went too far! I can't believe I did this!" Because she just looks at her mom. Yeah, yeah, and I'm surprised they like went through with it but i think the sense that i got was like maya is getting to a point where she is so i mean as they explore later in the season her having adhd yeah they're at a stage of just giving into her impulses because it calms her down um and and you know it's a shame that there's not going to be more because i think 
Maya as a kid with ADHD is a fascinating character and they were doing it so well. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There was, there they, it, I, like, it's almost like, of course she has ADHD. Oh my God. Like, yeah. why didn't I see this the whole time? Like, it's so sort of sad and fascinating that like you can kind of tell what Maya and Anna's like burgeoning mental health issues are, you know, yes. and, like Maya, I mean, Anna has just, you know, I, I feel like depression is coming, girl. You know, yeah. like the the weight of carrying your parents' relationship on your back is gonna break you. Um, yes. She's already Growing developing. Up too soon. Yeah. yeah, she's already developing a drinking issue. You know. Hmm. So uh, it's you know I just I and I agree what I what I love about this you know and and we won't you know catch up if you folks if you haven't watched all the episodes but without spoiling the ending. Um, as you said, I like that the way that it ends is that like they're nothing's resolved. Like they're 13 going on 14. Nothing's resolved. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. (laughs) Like you don't even know, like it's just going to get worse and better in other ways. And, um, and there would be, it would be so ridiculous to expect a different ending other than just like, you know, a, a continuation, a new crush, a new drama, a new thing, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, and I can't wait to talk about that last episode because that last scene is so genius. And I really feel like the deep tease of that last scene is I feel like Anna and Maya, the adults came out in that scene briefly. Yes. I mean, I hope that that, w- and, and there's part of me that w- hopes that that was the last thing they ever filmed. Like right. just to have that on top of it, but maybe it yeah. would have been too much. Who knows? Yeah. But yes, it is like it was almost like they broke the fourth wall and looked at us and said, "We know that we're adults playing kids, and this is what those adults would say in this moment." You know? Yes. And oh, it's it, so beautiful. So, and I just big fat tears, big fat tears. Yeah. I just, oh, I just love those two so much. Friendships, but female friendships, female it's friendships. Just, it's just add them yeah. to the list. Yeah. Uh yeah, this one is just and and I I'm excited as we talk through this season kind of the way I I as I started the Bat Mitzvah episode and and Shadow as well. I was thinking like do they drift in this half of the season? And I don't think that they I think that they have, you know, there's the dissonance I think with with, you know, Steve with the boyfriend and all that and you know, there's a bit of a third wheel syndrome, but um you know, and and just you know, I think you know when they get to the luminary episode, I think there's kind of a reconnection that happens there. Mm-hmm. But I felt like this half of the season, what was really going on was the two of them were navigating issues that were suddenly bigger than they could na- they could help each other through. You know, um, yes, <clears throat> stuff got bigger than like something that they could even earlier in the season. You know, doing the witchcraft and all of that. It was this kind of child childlike you know, um, diversion or distraction or coping mechanism. And I feel like they've already grown up so much where like the Anna and Maya of this half of the season wouldn't do that, you know? Yeah. It's like, they're still, it's like they're wearing like shoes that are too big for them. They're still stumbling, but they're filling out those shoes a little bit quicker than they thought. At least like I thought it would go like a lot happens fairly quickly and sort of, like you said, there separately, like there's a blowjob coming up. Spoiler alert, but I'm not oh. going to say when. But like that's a huge, 
like it wasn't about like oh my god i can't believe you did that without me i mean obviously they couldn't do it together maybe they could right not that kind of show but you know what i mean like it was more like fascination like oh my god you did like sort of like whoa that is a huge um milestone really uh of of like being a teenager or in you know that came a little too soon pun intended no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think, you know, what's so fascinating about that moment is that, like, Anna's reaction is, oh, my God, wow, that's so cool. And Maya is like, well, it actually wasn't. It actually wasn't. Then, you know, and then she's crying in bed. I mean, I can't wait to talk about the photo shoot and Grammy. Oh. There's so much in this season. I mean, Bat Mitzvah is just like a, a gentle reentry into the world. Yes. Of, of Pen and I appreciated it. I'm yeah. glad it exists. Yeah, and then Shadow, the second mm-hmm. episode, is – I love this because this is when Maya's childhood friend, you know, or, or just long-term, long-time friend, Ume, comes to visit from Japan. And I loved how Anna wasn't threatened by Ume. Oh, yeah. You know, like, she immediately was like, oh, it's Ume, and, like, and kind of became the co-chaperone with Maya instead of kind of like, oh, you know, she's your friend. You're closer to her. Like, it didn't threaten them at all. And I think after seeing what happened with Mora, I I was relieved that, like, the friendship was still intact, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. And I think... The language barrier is so interesting, too, because, like, Maya, we learn... I, th- I just think that was so fascinating how we learned that Maya and uh, Shuji are, are, are not... You know, they didn't come from the same father. They're, they're yeah. what are they called? Half-siblings? Half Half-siblings. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. I I thought that was so cool, and it, expl- you know, and it adds this whole layer of not being able to understand Ume and Ume not being able to understand Maya, and, like, a lot of weird, awkward stuff happens, and... Ugh. God. I don't yeah and like through it like Maya and Anna have this like shared like hatred of Ume for no good reason other like Maya has her reason which she eventually like breaks down but I I, I think Anna was I don't want to say Anna was just going on the along for the ride because I do think she was also annoyed yeah and I think it was also like it there are times where like one will just blindly support the other. Like, oh my God, I know. Yes, She's like, just I believe ridiculous. you. Yeah, I believe yeah. I believe you. You're bilingual. Like, how could I forget my best friend speaks another <laughs> language? Like, yeah. it's so funny. Those lines and are so funny. Yeah. They're so good. And and of course, I mean, we've already we've seen much of Maya and her masturbation journey, but like the nuance of the fact that she was able to find a picture of like I don't know, a vagina with like gonorrhea or something because it's like you <laughs> it can looks find like a peach. Yeah, yeah, you can find the STD pictures and it's like, well, it's still a penis. I can make this work. And that's part of her porn collage. Uh, like it's something that is so specific that I'm like, this is real, isn't it? This yeah, is, this it is had real. to have been. This case. had to have yeah. been. That's so smart and so true i can't say that it was ever part of mine but that's just because i was actually actually able to find internet porn i didn't need yes, to look at same, std same. pictures but yeah yes um but you know i get it desperate times but then yeah ume walks in under masturbating and um and it's yeah it, and it's and i think what was interesting with this episode was that we've actually seen a there's been variations of this narrative that this could have gone towards. There could have been like the Mora plotline where like she, she came between Anna and Maya, 
But then I think about from season one, the Anna Ishi Peters episode, when Anna comes to stay with Maya oh, yeah. and, and Maya starts to resent her and starts to feel pushed out. And I thought this was kind of going back into similar territory and finding all new notes to play. Yeah, I totally I'm, I'm thinking more of that triangle. Sorry, my, my thoughts are wandering around. But I think also with um, it. How do I say this? Like with Mara, like it was always like Maya and Mara or Anna and Mara. And it was always just like, who is who's getting more of Mara's attention or who is Mara paying attention to the most? Where as in this episode, Ume, like everyone else, it's like she's living what Maya wants to be living and and I guess Anna for that matter too like she's da bella da ball at school yeah and so there's really like it's not it's not Ume's fault either too because she's like I don't love it here because people keep touching me and like saying how cute I am and it's not it's just so much of a disconnect too which I think the language barrier really adds to it uh, in a really cool way yeah and I like that you know by the end of the episode you know then when she and and Maya are are talking and you know then it's almost like oh there's less of a barrier between maya and ume than there than there seemed to be previously it was almost like it's it's interesting because the episode becomes about maya rejecting her looking japanese and being asian and hating hating herself Mm -hmm. and there's an interesting subtext of like maya resisting her bilingual you know ear like resisting her understanding of japanese with Ume the whole episode and like it almost makes you wonder if some of the you know the the gibberish she was making up it's like if she tried she probably actually could have you know accurately translated yeah because she and Ume I feel like they very clearly communicate in Japanese by the end of the episode um because I think Ume says like I'm different too and uh and it just seemed like oh there was something about this that was about the it, it somehow managed to, to, in a surprise way, be about Maya's own self-hatred and that she's yeah. been taught, you know, that she's been told, but her own self-hatred of, like, you know, her, her, her you know, I don't know, whatever it is about herself, you know? Yeah. Um, and that it's okay for Ume to be Japanese, but it's not okay for her to be Japanese. Like, yeah, things like that. that. line. That yeah. line she said, why is being Japanese special on her and not on me? That's, like, the you know, the crescendo of that fight. It's the last thing they say. Yeah. It, and I thought that was like, whoa! I did not even see that coming. Um, yeah. And it's something that, again, what I love is that Maya's own struggle with her culture and, and kind of similar to what we'll also see in the Yuki episode being between cultures. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, there's you know we're we're kind of just seeing her start that journey. We see her start that journey in season one, but you know that like this is going to be a narrative for much of her life. In the same way that it's a narrative part of her mother's life still, you know. Yeah, I think when I was watching this with Keon, he was like, "There's so much of that that just resonated with my childhood, like him in elementary school and middle school." It's like. I mean, he moved to the country when he was five and he was Mm -hmm. fluent in Arabic and learned English. But like beyond that, just wanting to more than anything, like he said, like his cousins would come to visit and he just wanted a bowl cut so bad. He just wanted to be like a white boy with a bowl cut. And you kind of just push everything away from you that like a bit like his family is so like loud and Lebanese with a capital L, too. So it's like so hard. And I think 
maybe I mean we're, we're, we've kind of already said this too but like Maya is has been intentionally trying to not bring that to school and has been told that it's not cool for lack of a better word and now Ume shows up and she's like you know she's prettier she's younger she has better skin and she speaks fluent Japanese and she's like the coolest girl in school and it just I mean I would be so frustrated because it doesn't add up like why her why not me why can't I have that yeah yeah and I think that it's like there's there's a there's something very specific about that and then there's something very universal about it of like yes yeah just whatever it is that feeling of like god why could I not have the life that they're having right now you know I had that with when I was a kid looking at rich people why couldn't you know yeah. if we're on the highway and I see people in a BMW or a Mercedes it's like ugh, why couldn't I have that life you know why mm-hmm. do they have it you know um yeah this was it was a I I really liked uh Shadow I liked it more the second time I watched it and I feel like the more I rewatch all these episodes that's going to be the same case like I'm yeah like to be honest, just as like a deep tease again for next week's discussion about Pen Fifteen, I think I'm gonna enjoy Yuki more the second time I watch it. Same, same. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, right, right. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about because I, I didn't come to it automatically in the way that I expected to. You know. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, it's gonna be great. Well, that'll be, of course, you know, a little reminder for everyone. That'll be next week on Patreon. We're going to yeah. be talking about the Yuki episode of Pen15. So you, as well as, you know, our assignments and our BSAs of the week and things we've been watching and everything else. So um, just a pleasant reminder uh, that now is a great time to become a Patreon. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you say? Do you have any other any other thoughts on those first two episodes? I don't mean to cut us off. Any other thoughts? No, that's okay. Now? I mean, I feel um, I feel good. I'm looking over my notes. Um, you know, there's some Curtis notes that I had, but more on Curtis later. I feel like we're yeah. just. I don't need to open it up for Curtis. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll get some more. I mean, I just the the set design of the apartment that he's living in is just. It was like, oh. oh my god, it's stunning for I, spot on. I, I don't think I don't know if you've seen it, but there's an episode of of The Simpsons where Milhouse's parents get a divorce, and oh. it is uh, Milhouse's father moves into like a bachelor pad, and anyone who's seen it, it is that's immediately what I thought of was was Mr. Van Houten's bachelor pad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I that's one of my favorite episodes. I should send it to you. But anyway, oh nice. Um, because, you know, I just love, as a child of divorce, I just love broken families. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, why don't we move on? Uh, w- you know, maybe we just jump right into our best supporting assignments, unless there's anything you've seen you want to give some love to. No, a lot of the stuff that I've consumed this week wraps into assignments and BSAs of the week, and it was kind of a light week. So um, okay. unless unless you had something you want to mention real quick before we get into it. Well, I guess, you know, no, maybe I'll make it as a nominee for my BSA of the week, but I feel okay. like I'm, I, I, I'd, hate to, I'd hate to not formalize a Roni update. Oh, yes, that's right. I realize that, like, that won't roll in, even though it is kind of my perennial BSA of the week. But I think it's fair, the feedback that we've gotten on this podcast, that there it is welcomed a, a, a bit of a Roni update. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always, and this week was a a big shift for me. I, Huge. I, yeah, I followed Collins, I mean, 
so I mean what's the adjective I'm trying to think uh, his suggestion is what I'm trying to say I'm, yeah. I'm too tired to think of anything really <laughs> grand powerful um, amazing show stopping yeah. want to eat on it never shit the same it out. Yeah, shit on never it. be the same yeah club <laughs> another club bus <laughs> um <laughs> Suggestion, another suggestion, yes. advice, advice, another suggestion. All those words. <laughs> um, uh, his suggestion to skip ahead to season seven. I was trudging, I mean, trudging through season five of Roni, and I just, you know, I remember starting with season seven, as I said, and I, I just, I skipped it. I skipped five and six, went right to seven, and I, it feels like home. It just feels mm. so good. Uh, Dorinda is it's her first season and Bethany is back and just talking through tears at every, in every scene really it is just um, it feels good it feels oh, really good it's so good and I mean it gives us an opportunity to say what are you doing here without Dorinda <laughs> which I literally will just it, I, I don't say know say it to Marco yeah yeah I say it to Marco because at least then it means I'm not saying it to myself you know I just can't stop saying what are you doing here without Dorinda um, uh, it's like the wind up for it because she's going to hug him and you mm-hmm. can see like inhales. It is. This is so of course good. Sonia Morgan that we're talking about. Yeah. Lady Sonia Morgan. Sometimes I just sit in bed and I just say the way Sonia says, my daughter, my daughter. Well, I have my daughter, you know, cause I have a daughter. Well, you know, I have my daughter, you know, my daughter. Well, you know, cause my daughter, my daughter's in boarding school now. So I have my daughter. I, oh my God. My daughter, my daughter, Avery. That's Ramona. Um, yes. Well, I have my daughter, Avery. Uh, but no, uh, Sonia in particular, it's just my daughter, my daughter. It's daughter. Uh, daughter. nuts. Uh, so with the daughter. Yeah. I, I mean, I am, I think, you know, you and I spoke about it last night, but I, I am, st- I am starting to see the tides are turning with my sort of interpretation or feelings, I guess, on Sonia. I'm, I get it now. Um, she is, I mean, a train wreck and not at the same time. It's like, I mean, she's pretending not to be a train wreck is the kind of, I guess, the best way to put that. And you really see just so many more of the cracks, I think. Like, yes, her that that townhouse is just a dump. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. She, I've really grown interested in her. Now, I, um, I did take Jody's advice and I did skip season eight and I watched the, the reunion and I know one of our listeners, Alex, I think had tweeted us and was like, I can't believe you're skipping season eight. And yes. I just want to say, I know. And I promise I'm going to go back because I, I did see the reunion. Like the reunion really does give you a lot. And more than once I got to see the scene of Bethany showing Luann the pictures and like Luann going, I'm going to be sick. You know, like yes, I, yes. But and I and I would go back for all of that. But I think what happened was I watched the season eight reunion, and then season nine is like season seven. It just is like, it it just ropes you in. They cut the fat. They bring in Tinsley, and it's oh god, I loved season nine. Oh, I flew through it. I binged it. <laughs> I, and Jill Zarin shows up. As I. A, at one point, I, I didn't even know that. No one yeah. told us, listeners. No, how no dare one you. told us. But I'm also glad that you didn't. So maybe no. that's yeah. Uh, and so I have now since finished season nine. I've watched the reunion. I'm into season ten now. And as I told you, and I can't believe no one told us this. Like, where's my diet coke? How, n- nobody yes. told us that. We knew that that Bobby Zarin with those tinted glasses was going to pass away. We knew that he passed away. I did not know that. And I haven't seen the episode yet. I just saw the coming up this season that they would go to the funeral 
and that there would be a scene of my queen, our queen, Jill Zarin, saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't been alone since I was 20. <laughs> and I just can't wait. I just – I, uh, it's just going to be a great – it's going to be like – if you think uh, – this, this is my prediction. What I want to believe is that, like, if all of season 10 is the movie Network – Jill Zarin is like Beatrice <gasps> Strait for six minutes, you know? <laughs> so. I mean, I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at, you know, Bobby Zarin's death. I'm, you know, it's just the the obsession with Jill Zarin between the two of us two. I, I just, it's what we've wanted. I'm I'm giddy with excitement. It's I, so I can't fun. wait to see it. And um, I kind of love, you broke that news to me last night. And I, I said, I wouldn't want to hear from anyone else unless yeah. I was watching it myself. And, so, and that might have been too much. You might have had a heart attack, and who would you call? Because he died. Um, a heart attack. I'm gonna have a heart attack. Can't call Bobby. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. I'm I'm having a great time with it. I, you know, I want to branch out into other seasons or other franchises, but I think I'm just gonna like burn through New York, and then. I might go to Beverly Hills next, but I am yeah. open to suggestions, folks. Yeah, listening. that's a great question. Um, yeah. Because I know Atlanta's great, Jersey's great. I think it would be like Atlanta, Jersey, or Beverly Hills for me. But I know Potomac's yeah. great, and Salt Lake City just started, so it's easier to catch up, and I know it's pretty good. So a lot and Salt of Lake City, there, I'm Colin. pretty caught up from Amanda and Jody. And that's we true, love yes. That's like, true. I, I know everything. Um, yes. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's crazy to be in this world. But, you know, the, the amount of acceptance and support that we've gotten, I was so worried this would be, uh, you know, this would just end it for people. Like, oh, God, now they're talking about housewives. But everyone has been just, like, welcome. Yes. Welcome. Very positive and um, very, you know, respectful of our a Roni Roundup, we'll call it. Yeah, a Roni Roundup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and eventually, and this will be something on the Patreon, is as we become fully fluent in the Real Housewives of New York, it is now time to cast these women as actresses. <sighs> yes. Like, and I don't want to blow the load, so to speak, because I already have half of them cast in my head. But like, ugh, ugh. And it's and it's what I like to call quantum casting. You know, it's like yes, well, yeah. Sharon Stone in nineteen ninety two, and then you know Eileen Brennan before the car accident and yes. things like that. You know, like uh, you know Kathy Lee Gifford Gifford in nineteen ninety four as Ramona, yes, you know, yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and I mean like Edie Falco for <gasps> Dorinda. You know, oh con- yeah, I mean we're already we're stop. already revealing. To, yeah, it'll be on yeah. the Patreon. Yes, DT's yes. there. Deep tease for the, you know, uh, quantum casting of the Real Housewives of New York. Yeah. And even just an ultimate ranking of, like, maybe yeah. we won't do all of them, but, like, a top ten, top five of our favorite houses. That's going to be tough. Our that BSAs is. of Roni. That's going to be yeah. so tough. And, like, I think it really depends. I think we can't do it till we finish the series. Like, And then we need, like, a month off. <laughs> because yes. if I'm watching, like, a Jill Zarin heavy, like, season... It's apples and oranges. That's tough. Okay. Well, but, and you know, and not to be discredited, but like I really think Luann is a long game here. Like <gasps> yes. she goes through so much shit, and I am just like, people have told us like Luann's narrative is fascinating, and I already know in season ten she's going to get arrested. So uh, I, I am also feeling the same. I, there's something about Luann even in season. Um, seven that feels really great and kind of like a little bit of a shift mm-hmm. um, that I'm, I'm excited. 
and I gotta yeah, and and you know I gotta say you know as time passes, the more and more I I enjoy Carol. She is such a voice of reason. I have rarely disagreed with Carol, and that says a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. So far, she's always like, okay, we don't need to talk about people, and people just listen. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. She's like, great. Okay, she, well, Carol said it. Yeah, Carol said it. And she never, it never raises her voice. It's just really impressive. So, ugh, it's just so good. Thank you, folks, for letting us queen out. Yeah. This week's Roundy Roundy Rona. Roundy like, Rona. Rondy Reed. Yeah, Rondy Reed's Round Rondy Reed's Roundy Roundup. <laughs> That's what it is. Rondy Reed's Roundy oh Roundup. My God, yes. <laughs> the four R's. The four R's. Uh I mean I guess it would really be like Ramona. Well, it doesn't work. If she had an yeah. R last name. But sorry, Ramona. Um it doesn't okay. work, okay? It doesn't work, okay? Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, what do you say we move on to our best supporting assignments? Yes, please. Oh my goodness, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, well, I will go say ahead. you start. It, it's finally happened. Uh, the streak is broken. I have listened to the demise of Mrs. Baylock. Oh my God! It took it took long enough to kill her. I know. Which, of course, for those of you who don't know, is one of the tracks on the movie soundtrack to The Omen. Um, yes. The Demise of Mrs. Baylock, and I will say it scared the bejesus out of me, and maybe yeah. it's just karma, karma, karma. That sounds like something <laughs> Ramona would call it. You know yeah. what I mean? How she mixes, <laughs> you know, karma or something. Yeah, tell the karma. I had my phone on full volume. I was sitting there at work. I was like, oh, I, I, I might as well just like listen to this. And it like, bl- I almost like flew back in my chair, but it's, I mean, very effective it's like the strings and the voices it creeps me out um and then it kind of mellows out a little bit um i really loved it a lot and i it is a 27 official it is i think it's actually my favorite track on the album because i re-listened to it of like oh let me just remind myself and it's because it starts with a bang and it's just like oh like this is the 27 and it just it's just an aria it just um Oh my God! Because yeah, then it kind of descends and then it picks up again. Like it's really a beautiful piece of music. And so anyone who wants to hear the original soundtrack of *The Omen* by Jerry Goldsmith, the track called *The Demise of Mrs. Baylock*. And I'm glad you listened to it with headphones because it is preferred with headphones. Oh yeah, it's it was crazy. Ah, well, good. I'm glad you finally listened to it. I did. I I just love that track so much, and I think. I I love that someone was like, let's put this in a movie. Like let's <laughs> yeah. let's have you have let's you couldn't miss the soundtrack if you tried, you know. Yes, I I love that it delivered in every way possible. It was really truly scary. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad word. it spooked you because that's what yeah, you get. shook me that's out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last time you miss an assignment. <laughs> I know. I never will again. Oh, um. Uh, but uh, your other assignment was to watch um, basically who did the best. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fumble with this title. The best getting married today sort of patter sections the best. That's not yes. what the official YouTube video is called. But if you look up any of those words, you'll find it. I think the official title is who did the fast part of getting married today best. And the channel is Mr. Go Lightly. 
nice. And I've seen Mr. Golightly before. I am I am no stranger to that sort of like intro. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, the Moon River intro. Yeah, um, yes. yeah, because they have a lot of compilations and clips like this. It's like a, yeah, I would be surprised if that channel didn't cross your path at some point. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about everyone very quickly, but I think it's important to give everyone a sort of you know it's the list of nominees and who's gonna win. Yeah, of course. Um, so the first we have is Katie Finnerin, who was a two-time Tony Award winner. Actually, she won for Noises Off and Promises Promises. Um, so she is, I mean, I don't I don't know what she's been in lately, but she you know two-time Tony Award winner. That's 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 huge. Nothing yeah. to scoff at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I want to talk about the song really quick because I feel, I don't know if I was listening to Las Culturistas or Pop Culture Happy Hour. Everyone's talking about Sondheim, so I listened to like 18 different podcasts about this song and other songs too. But um, it's like, this song is, it's, it's like almost intentionally impossible to sing. And like yeah. the whole time you watch it, you're, you yourself are holding your breath because you want them to get through the phrase. And there are a lot of tempos that happen in this compilation, some for the good, some for the bad. Um <laughs> So I don't want to, I mean, I mean, my number one criteria would be like, would be, did you get through all the phrases? And right. I, I kind of think that's kind of, it's kind of unfair to say, because the song is so hard. It's so hard to sing. Yeah. And I think in some cases, it's like the song has clearly been modified so that the singer can do it. And it's, it's tricky because it's like the acrobatics of getting through the song, but like, at what cost? Yes. And I think... Losing your breath kind of adds to it. It adds to that desperation. Like, yes, the the goal is to do it all in one phrase because that is the most, like, quote-unquote impressive thing to do as a singer. Um, but, like, I also don't mind if it goes a little bit off track or off kilter or you're breathing in weird places because I just feel like you would be nervous, especially for all of yeah. these, like, uh, reunion concerts and stuff like that and the way that they did it. Um, um, so Katie Finnerin, all that being said... I feel like Katie Finneran is like the definition of like an actor who sings. Um, I think that like she has a good voice though, if that makes sense. And it felt a little slow. She was trying to speed it up at the end. You could hear her kind of getting ahead of the orchestra. Mm. I would want to do. I would want to do the same for sure. Like if I was doing this song, I'd be like, "We're gonna kick it up a couple notches." I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I I definitely see that being an actor who sings. I felt like the the energy of of Katie Finneran was coming it was like oh wow you're i i can tell i like you already you know what i yeah. mean like i feel like i like the actress already um but it is it's not it, it's a slower version of it um you know and but I, and what i like and she does a bit of it is like finding those little acting moments of like overacting the losing your breath and like you know kind of letting her voice strain on certain things that i you know i, I think is like a real tool for an actor doing the song to like um you know patty does it really well by lip syncing one of the lines you know <laughs> yes exactly i think i and i think sondheim in general like writes for actors who sing but like yeah. also there are there not to say that sondheim isn't like musically challenging because it is but like i think that a lot of people would agree with i mean there's such every single song is just packed with so much that you have you just have to be a good actor <laughs> to do sondheim to do sondheim yeah. well i would say um, so next was Jama Mays from the show Glee, and I can't remember her character's name. Um, and this was the fastest one for sure. It was too fast. Yeah, it was so this fast, was too fast. Yeah, that she did everything in one breath. 
like the part where people usually take a breath, she was still going strong. I was like, whoa. So some points for that, but also the tempo was like crazy fast. Right, and it's also like not a live performance. so I And it's I, auto-tuned, and yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. But a nice, lovely voice. I think this is serviceable. This Her character would totally sing that song. I could see her being cast in this show in that role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and next we have Madeline Kahn, who I knew oh. about, but I, I think this is one of my front runners here. I'm just gonna say it's a little slow, it's a little understated, and that sort of like deadpan sort of Madeline Kahn, Mrs. White way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But she does eventually like let herself go a little bit and really getting. I think she's like really breathing life into the text in a way that like not everyone does. Yeah, I agree. A front runner for me as well. I thought Madeline Kahn, I was like, wow, this is, you know, it's one of those moments of like, oh, yeah, like, oh, Madeline Kahn, man, she just knew what the fuck she was doing, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I, she was making choices. I think this is probably the one, maybe I think I might have my notes that like, it's, it's the least of the melody. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I know that she's a good singer, though. Like, because Madeline Kahn can just sing. So it's interesting that she, despite that, not wanting to like show off and be like, you know, every pitch is right where it needs to be. She is mm-hmm. just like, this is more about this moment and making it funny. And I, I just love her. So that was yeah. That was that for me. Uh, Patty Lapone. I think this is technically like perfect. It's very Patty. It felt like Joanne singing "Not Getting Married Today" was on that um, like her and Mandy Patinkin tour that they did yeah. way back in the day. I appreciated it. Um, I think it's just middle of the road for me. What do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was. I, I think it was very much modified for her. It, it moved. It, it. I can't use all the technical terms, but it. It. It felt like it had a different tempo or something. There was just a. It. It didn't move in all the same ways that I'm used to hearing. It did, you know, she, some of the the, uh, I don't know, the emphases or the, um, you know, the, I don't know, the way the sentences came out of her mouth were not what I expected. Sure, and maybe that's a Patty thing, but uh, it was entertaining. Like I think it comes down to like, I mean, you can't take your fucking eyes off of her, so it's almost like I don't know if it was good or not. It was very entertaining, you know. Yeah, the song's always gonna be a hit. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere. Um. I will say that I didn't mind Julie Andrews. I thought like it was some very interesting choice. Her voice, her like her voice doesn't match her body language though. She stood there with like those RuPaul hands like the whole time, the sort of like, like they're sort of together and she was still very proper as she sang it. But she has like this roar going on in the middle of it. And I just, I love that. I mean, this, I, I think to be honest, I think she's my favorite. I think. Oh my gosh! I think I love it is that. so good, and like, you know, just like another moment of like, God, Julie Andrews, like she was doing this song, like, also I think some of the most effortless, you know, uh, you yes. know, ness, effortlessness, I guess is, would be the word that like, <clears throat> as opposed to like a Beth Howland or someone else like losing their breath. Julie just she was like you got more like it was really and she was able to act it and like I oh I love Julie Andrews version of it it's yeah it's like a sleeper hit there I I I agree I I did love it um Carol Burnett perfectly fine I don't think they're almost like Patty I think that this is like great I think that like she herself of course is a comedic legend and had like you know the scratching of the arm i liked oh yeah um, yeah some Carol really stuff. fun choices yeah, yeah i thought i thought it was great um yeah she was you know i thought it was like 
also interesting casting. It was like, oh yeah, Carol Burnett can find the tiniest nuance, you know? Um, yes. And, and uh, another clear example of, I think Carol Burnett is a great singer, but like where she's in this, at least in this performance, actor first, singer second, I think. Yeah, yeah, or comedian first, singer second. Not yeah. that she wasn't a good actress either, too, but um, comedian, you know, if definitely. we're really thinking about, yeah, Carol. Carol. Um, Carol, Christmas Carol. Beth Howland, f- for me, was, like, completely unhinged and crazy. It felt like the dress rehearsal, and I bet also, like, I, I, if this was, like, the um, the version of them in the original cast recording that they showed, mm. it would have probably been my number one. It just felt like a reunion concert. It seemed very... I was I was nervous. I think this song can also very easily go off the rails, and it didn't completely. I'm just being a bitch about it, <laughs> but I I just I felt like as the conductor and as her, I felt like both of them were terrified the whole time. Yeah, it 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 does feel a bit unhinged, and especially compared to the original version. And she gets points for being the original Amy, of course. Um, yes. Beth seemed a bit like. I, I thought she was just gonna like throw that bouquet and just like you know hurl herself yeah, off the stage. Yeah, her head was gonna pop up or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, props, props to you, mama. <laughs> yeah, props to you, mama. Yeah. Um. Uh. Last two, Sophie Thompson, who I know is a, a UK actress, and um, I feel like I've seen her in things, and I didn't unfortunately look it up. Um, I didn't mind this. I I said I, I kind of love this. It's like a Brit doing like a half decent like New York accent, but also like really laying it on thick. Uh, yeah. At certain points where it's like, oh, I hear a little bit of UK, and but I think in general too, I was, I, I it made me laugh. I don't know why. Like, which I guess is the point of this song too, amongst other things. Uh, yeah, I thought she was one of the funniest ones of the of yeah. this compilation. Really, really good. Um, and my favorite. Is Jane Shaw in the Stephen Sondheim Masterclass? Uh, it is. I mean, oh, go ahead. Yeah. It's so good. And, like, for those of you who haven't seen these Stephen Sondheim Masterclass clips on YouTube, just you know, I'm so excited that you've never seen them. Just go and watch them because they're so great. And this chick kills it. She is so good and hits every note. And he's yeah. in the background grinning like a fool. He's so adorable. Oh, it's such a nice, like, I had forgotten. It was such a nice last clip in the compilation was, like, that amazing scene of, like, Stephen Sondheim beaming with pride as she, like, nailed the song. And it was like, oh, oh, that's so sweet. I mean, and the best part about that clip, of course, is, you know, watching the whole version is, I mean, if this isn't musical theater, there she is working her ass off. And meanwhile, the guy is like, and today is for Amy, <laughs> you know? His voice is so, like, beige and weird. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, I hope you're not, like, majoring in this. I have no idea, but. Right. I can understand why she's freaking out about marrying you. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I just, but, Jane Shaw uh, for the win. Yeah, Jane Shaw. I think uh, that that was a great. Like, that's a real, like, you know, underground classic in some ways. Um, I was surprised the 20, 2006 version with Heather Shaw, I think her name is. That um, would have definitely been on my list, and I forgot to put that. I think that probably, I, I like Laws, her so much me. in that. Heather Laws. I, yeah. I think she's so good in that. She's so funny in it. I mean, it just, I was, I was sorry to see that it wasn't on the list, but I agree. I think she's really, really, like, you know, plays up the singing and the acting of it. I mean, that production, you know. Oh, yeah, when she, like, screams and hides under the table. Yes! Too. I think that is such a great... That is... Nobody told her to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, if we had done the BSAs of Company, as I, I had planned for a couple weeks ago, she would have been my 
second uh in second place for bs oh yeah next yeah. to like elaine stritch or i mean in that case it was we were doing the 2006 revival too barbara walsh maybe i don't know well i can go through real quick who might yeah, do it my, I would so love to hear that. just for for what it's worth my bsa's of the 2006 2007 uh, number five was Kristen Huffman as Sarah, and that's the that can't be blocked karate couple. Oh yes, um, she she has a Katie Finneran quality as well that I really uh, enjoyed. Is she Katie or Kate? Did I just go for Katie? Oh, it's Katie. It's Katie. Okay, yeah. good. I wasn't sure yeah. if she if I could call her that. We're not really there yet. Um, <laughs> and then I I enjoyed uh, Lena Rideout who plays Jenny, and she's in the couple they get stoned on the balcony together. Oh, she's so good. She's so like, you good. son of a bitch. The way she says that. Is, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, it's a, it's very, there's like a Megan Mullally pinch to it that I Ooh, like. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. My number three is Barbara Walsh as okay. Joanne. I, I think that. she is the second best Joanne I've ever seen. I Obviously, it's Elaine, but like Joanne, Barbara Walsh does some really haunting stuff as Joanne. Yeah, she's like Angelica Houston. Yeah, it's a great um, performance. It's just, ah, it's been done perfectly, so anyone's going to fall in the shadow of that. Yes. Um, oh, I love that. Yes, go on. Is it the yeah, butterfly so, monologue? Yeah, yeah. So Heather Laws was number two as Amy, and then number one <gasps> for the butterfly monologue and the saxophone honk, yes. Elizabeth Stanley <laughs> as April. She is so goddamn good in that show. It's, yes, uh, oh my God! Like the saxophone honk in "You Could Drive a Person Crazy" is like it's so rare that like a musical joke, like a music joke, makes me laugh. You know what I mean? Like sometimes <laughs> yeah. the the exclamation point is too hard on those jokes, and this was like the funniest music joke I've ever heard. It was just, ugh. So anyway, I love that that was hers, and I think that was that, hers. Yeah, that butterfly monologue is like the gold standard for me. That is the template for that monologue. Like when I saw yeah. that, ugh. She's I will so say good. Christina Hendricks is also excellent with that. That's monologue. right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a um, great Christina Hendricks role too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those are my BSAs of the 2006. Love that. I'm glad we got to, to squeeze that in. Love yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Um, but I also had an assignment this week. I was uh, prompted to watch the first episode of Only Murders in the Building, yeah. which I would have, to be honest, as I said, probably would not have checked out. And, I gotta be honest with you. <gasps> oh God, I loved it. Oh my oh, God, I yay. loved it. Oh, I loved good. it. It was so good. Steve Martin and Martin Short are. It's like they're such, like, oh, they're just such geniuses of comedic timing. And watching them, like, realizing you get to see them work together and like do elevator scenes together. I was like, this is so great. And Selena Gomez more than carries her own in this she is yes. really good in this i i was like well, i don't know about her and i don't know why i thought that because she uh i just i think it was like martin short steve martin selena gomez so i was like I, yeah really but it works and i can't believe how well it works and i hear you martin short is oh i just i i mean i know that it's going to get a little heavier but even that first episode going to see his son it was like the way he calls his son honey just like broke my heart. It was I know. It really, really and 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 best supporting Jane Howdy Shell. Yes, Colin. As Bunny. What a gift to say nothing of Jackie Hoffman. Yes, Jackie Hoffman cameos galore. Yeah. 
So oh. I am so excited. I only watched the first episode, but I uh, it's great. I really, I'm so glad you assigned this because I this is something I'd recommend to my parents. I thought oh, it was yeah. It just like oh, it was so good and so interesting. So yeah, um, if you're going home for like christmas vacation and you, fa- you need to watch something with your family like put this on everyone Perfect. will be invested there's something for everyone it's light it's so stylized i love the the um the theme song like that sequence is just so cool um yeah i'll have to watch it and stuff yeah oh uh, i'm like blanking on the opening sequence that's okay but I'll watch it again. It's, yeah. i just love all the colors that they chose and it just keeps getting better and and you see a lot of jane to be honest um more Good. than jackie and I just love, I, I almost said it in um, the main episode, but I wasn't sure when we were talking about the humans, if you got to that point where you knew that Jane, I wasn't sure if she was on the pilot or in the pilot or the yeah. second one. Yeah, but Bonnie, I love that she's yeah. she's working. She's working, Colin. That's what I want to see. I want to see the Renaissance of Jane. Yeah, I want to see Anne Dowd as Mrs. Garrett on the Live Facts of Life. I want to see Jane Hootie Shell as Bunny. I want to see Margot Martindale, whatever the hell she wants to do. I don't care. Uh, just I want to make sure my girls are working. You know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm thinking of like BSA merch with like our favorite Janes, like Jane Howdy Shell, Jane Alexander, and then just Jane from uh, the comeback. Ja- yeah, from the comeback. <laughs> oh my God, all the best Jane, supporting Janes. Jane. Yeah. Yes. Just written um, on a T-shirt. There Jane from Happiest Season. Oh yeah, yeah. Jane. We, have a, we have a lot of Janes that we love. Um, yes. I love the name Jane, by the way, not for nothing. Yes. Um, so uh, anyway, so I loved it. Thank you. I am definitely going to keep watching it. I um, And it's just nice to have another like easy show in the mix, you know, um, that still feels like it has some meat on the bones. It's not easy yeah. like Roni. It's easy like, you know, uh, it's enjoyable, but I feel like it's got substance, you know? Yeah, I feel like I've thrown this word around and it's like, it's such a cop-out word, but it's very watchable, you know, when people yeah. say that. it's It is, it is. It is just so... Perfect. And I was always excited to watch it. And it was just like, we split it up over a couple nights. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I look forward to it. Now, uh, that does bring us to our assignments for next week. Yeah. Which, of course, will be our first. I hate to be the squeaky wheel, but the suspense to hear us assign these assignments and then not hear how they went by not becoming a Patreon would be a real loss. So just a pleasant reminder, a BSA PSA, to join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash BSA pod. I love that. Thank you for reminding us. And also, I wish I put it now. I think I'm I'm pretty happy with my assignment for you. I think it'll, but like now I wish I, I could have done more. What else? Could oh, I no, 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 no. I, well, what do you got? What's, what's my, I'm so excited. What's my assignment for this? I week? have a podcast episode for you. I just listened to, I'd say 95% of it before we started recording tonight. And it's an episode of Smartless with justin thoreau and give i give it all to justin uh it is he is he's everything you want him to be colin and i i understand jan, um jan jan what am i saying Anne, um Anne's obsession with him i am just like it even jason bateman was like so like crushing on him almost the entire time i just feel like he is so well liked such a cool guy and it's a really good smartless episode because sometimes if it's a guy that's too broy, Sean Hayes just kind of gets, you know, yeah. pushed to the outer circle a little bit. But Justin is such a goose that like everyone's on the same wavelength and it's it's really fun. And I so that's what I'm assigning you. Oh, well that's great cuz I I feel like 
you know, I think I maybe listened to another episode of them and, you know, I was resisting a bit of the yeah. blowing and the like, you know, uh, whatever the 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 the, the browing of it all but i'm I, this this i'm i want to try again so this sounds like the perfect uh entry point yay i'm i'm glad for you i'm i'm excited to finish like the last five minutes that i didn't listen to but it's it's really good and it's really casual and it's a good listen well that sounds great um yeah. well i uh i'm gonna take a leap here and i'm i'm gonna <laughs> co-opt i'm gonna co-opt an assignment we received a text from friend of the pod, Amanda Kaczynski. Yeah. We love to hate TV and Total Request Pod and the group chat. And, you know, Amanda loves to hate TV, you know, Teen Mom. Uh, really, the hardest working woman in podcasting. Uh, yes. And she had recommended that we watch an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond <gasps> called Frank's Tribute. And you... I, you know, may have put it on the list, but I don't know if it's something you got to yet. I've never seen that episode. Well, Amanda, if you're listening, I am going to put some some lighter fluid on your suggestion because I watched that episode today. <gasps> and there, it's, a, it's a great moment. It's a great it's a great episode. It's a it, it's really funny in the beginning. And then there is a single moment that I like grabbed my my shirt like right at the neck and i went <gasps> and i went oh and no. i i was like whoa and you'll know it when you see it so don't feel like you've got to like you know it was okay. a moment okay. it's not gonna be like oh was it that you're gonna yeah. know you're gonna, gonna know. know it's season three episode 16 i believe it's on peacock so okay. uh so for anyone listening you know with frank's tribute season three i believe episode 16 um it's and you know it, it's pretty much mostly frank and marie uh you know poor uh poor patty heaton only gets one scene towards the end i feel like she may have been pregnant that season they they show her in a scene where i'm like i think patty's pregnant but ah. um yeah it's a it's a really good episode and uh i i especially like having watched a lot of everybody loves raymond which it's so easy to poo poo that show but like it's it really, solid. It is it's solid. It's so good. And like Doris Roberts and Peter Boyle are classic actors. Like they it's like John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf on Roseanne. Like they are like they've been doing this forever. Like what a gift to have that kind of casting. Oh, I so. know. It's it's like what every CBS show wishes it could be. But yeah. this is like this this just gets it. It's so yeah. good. The writing is so funny and this episode is so funny. Um there's a there's a a montage uh well you'll see it that i i laughed so much harder than i thought i was gonna um i think you're gonna <laughs> love it i think you're really gonna enjoy it and um special thank you to amanda for for bringing it to our attention Ugh, i can't wait yay well that then brings us to our final segment of the episode as per usual our bsa of the week in which we clean out on a food, a song, a thing, anything in our lives that's acting as the best supporting actress of our life. Uh, Ooh, this we got week, the whole we got the whole thing. This got week. the whole thing. Wow! I, I, you know, I, I kept the seizure in check. Every once in a while, I'm like, ah, they know what it is. I'm not gonna keep saying it, you know. I just, but now I, feel I thought, like, you know, go ahead, what? Good. What'd you say? I was gonna say, I feel like um, you doing that is RuPaul's version of "Bring Back My Girls." Like, there's just like a supercut of you just uh -huh. saying it ten thousand different ways. Right. Yeah. 
so that's a yeah bs of the week so what do you got I have like a really quick nominee. I will send it to you actually. It's, I think of it as extra credit slash assignment, but not really. Mm-hmm. There is a, so Aubrey Plaza wrote a kid's Christmas book. Um, okay. And it's called The Christmas Witch. And she has been going on like a press tour and doing all like the like GMA and all this. And she was on like Seth Meyers, I think. And she, it is so off the wall, crazy, bonkers. She she dresses as the Christmas witch and talks only as the Christmas witch. Oh my god! And it is so funny because um, I think it's Maria Shriver. Is she on one of the Good Morning yeah, America? I think she, yeah, yeah, it's like her and two other men who I can't remember their names of, and she's taking it so seriously. And they don't know she. It's like she doesn't know who Aubrey Plaza is and that she's a goof. Right. And it's the perfect supercut. I was dying watching this. The Seth Meyers one gets a little cringy because she commits too much, um, but there's mm. a TikTok that I will send to you that is the perfect cut of it. So that brought me a lot of joy. Um, Aubrey. Mm. I would love and, to watch that. So yeah, it's it's, that, yes. it's really funny and stupid, and I, I just love her a lot. And my BSA of the week is also, again, I mean, I'm on TikTok a lot, um, a TikTok that I saw, such a beautiful moment between Robin De Jesus and Andrew Garfield because they're doing press for Tick, Tick, Boom right now. I, I mean, I've said it before. I can't tell you how good Robin De Jesus is in Tick, Tick, Boom. I just think he is like... He stole the show in so many ways. He has a great talking through tears moment and his voice is so good and he is so charming and I just love him in this movie. And they they were talking about this like filming day when they were like doing uh, one of the songs. I think it's called No More. And Robin De Jesus was like in his head about it. And he's like, oh, my God, like because he's a he's like a Broadway guy. He's done. He's probably done movies and TV, but like he just was feeling like a little bit in his feelings about like am I doing a good job and kind of talking down on himself and Andrew Garfield without knowing any of this he's like can we maybe do this a couple more times can we have he um he asked for like two more takes and he's like I just like um Robin is just being he's so good right now and I just want to be able to get to his level and meanwhile like Robin de Jesus was like you know spiraling on the inside and it was just this beautiful moment of Robin telling Andrew that's um, it was almost something like they never spoke about before, but it was it was very touching and very sweet. And I'll send that to you as well. <laughs> oh, that sounds great! It's really it, cute. It made me think of that scene in Coda, the audition scene. Oh yeah, yes. V starts over again. And yes, it's just like I love nice. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's sweet. I still need to watch Tick Tick Boom, but I promise I will. I've been, you know, I I. It's on the list. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with having I, things on a list. But... <laughs> I might know a couple things about yeah. that. Yeah, but it's there, and that means something, you know. Yeah. How about you? What's What's your BSA of the week? Well, my my uh, nominee would be. I watched with my friends the other night. We watched the Power of the Dog. <gasps> oh. Yeah, which of course you know I I think is going to be getting a lot of Oscars recognition, but certainly. Kirsten Dunst, um, you know, is getting a lot of press as BSA. Though, I mean, I don't know if you listened. I, I, I did listen to the most recent episode of Las Culturistas where they queened out about West Side Story. Did you listen to that yet? Yes, I, I like. I can't tell you how excited it's. It's released today, first of all. So if anyone wants to go see West Side Story, go see it. I'm going tomorrow with my mom, I think, and my dad, which is really fun. I can't tell you how excited. It, it's like I was. It's as excited I was for mass, but like times ten. I just can't yeah. wait. 
It's something you could be genuinely excited about. Mass uh, is a hard thing to be genuinely excited about. You sure, know? yeah. But yeah, I, you know you're going to have a good wait. time. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm going to see it on Sunday. So Ugh. I am very excited to go to the theater and, you know, get the, you know, reclining seats and the food and all that business. Yes. Uh, it's also like, I believe it's like uh, well over two and a half hours. So I don't know how much drinking I'll be doing, but... Uh, that's going to be a tricky one. So luckily I know what happens. But um, yeah, so that being said, you know, uh, Matt probably is no stranger to hyperbole, but it was his opinion that uh, Ariana DeBose would be the new front runner for Best Supporting Actress, yeah. which I am all here for. But in the yes. meantime, Kirsten Dunst has been getting a lot of press uh, and will probably still get a nomination. I got to say... This was not a again not a movie that I normally would be interested in, and at first I was like, oh, I don't know about this movie, and oh man, it's so good. It, it, it's gay. It's got a lot of gay yes. stuff in it. Yes, and Kirsten is excellent, excellent. Ah. I did not know she was. This was like watching Kate Winslet in Mare of Easttown, where it was like, <gasps> oh, whoa, it just was so good, and there were a couple shots where i was like whoa you're you're giving me like jane hootie shell crying in the humans you know like yeah i would say like it's a it's a tough one to get into but like i got fully sucked in and ended up really loving this movie and i don't know if it's your kind of movie but if you really like force yourself to watch it i think you'd come out the other end loving it Oh, it's definitely, I, I mean, it's on my list, but it's on like the top of the list, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. I, I am, yeah. I'm very much definitely going to watch this movie. Uh, so that's that's some, that's some a big matzo ball there, Mare of Easttown. That, that makes me really excited. Yeah, it just, I, I turned the corner on Kirsten Dunst, and I was like, oh no, she's a fabulous actress. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, there were just some moments. There was, a, there's a, a, a dinner party at one point where they have some people for dinner, and there's just like, there's a shot of her looking glassy eyed and like on the edge of tears and I was like whoa oh my god wow. you're doing so much in one moment and I just didn't know she could do that so uh yeah and the year of the dog is or power of the dog is um really really good my one friend didn't like it as much but I oh. the more I thought about it the more it sat with me and I think it was of my three friends two of us are gay men and one is a straight woman and the two gay men loved it and you see why <laughs> my friend was like yeah sure. there's kind of a gay thing about this and it's not about like you'll see you'll get it you'll get yeah. it. it's uh i really um i'm glad i saw it it's kind of like only murders in this building i'm so glad i saw it so yeah i can't wait to see it now yay yeah, yeah so that's my nominee and then my my bsa of the week i i hate to say it but if anyone listened to our Best Supporting After Show last week, I talked about a milk frother that I had purchased. <gasps> yes. And Go on. This thing, this thing does not know when to quit. It, it like, mixes up anything. If you put, like, a powdered mix into a drink and you put the thing in there, Ooh. boom, it's mixed. Like, nice. My overnight, my oats overnight, I pour the oats in the milk, boom, it's mixed. Put it in the <gasps> fridge. Overnight. Wow. Uh, you know, and then it comes to the coffee. And I have, I make my little espresso. I take a scoop of my bulletproof oil plus butter, you know, b bulletproof whatever that makes your coffee bulletproof. Mm -hmm. um, and then I add some like uh, creamer, like almond milk creamer or whatever. It, it, it does the job. Uh, and like one Splenda. 
put the frother in, boom, it's mixed. It's so Ugh. good. Oh, my God. This thing, I'm just obsessed. So I hate to sound like a QVC salesman, but the things this thing can do. I mean, and, yes. Speaking of yeah. BSAs in the wild, QVC women is oh another my subcategory. God. Yes, but uh, going back yeah. to your frother, I, I'm intrigued. I love coffee accoutrement, so I think that would be... And just for like everything else, it's like it's giving you versatility. So that's yeah, and like so e so easily dressing up a coffee. You know what I mean? Like, because the thing is, if I had gotten this like bulletproof coffee mix and I and you put in the coffee and it's like powdered creamer, where it's just like then it just looks like lumps of like old milk. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. This isn't good. And if I tried to stir it up with like a straw or a spoon, it wouldn't be the same as like using the frother, where it all just kind of becomes. You know, everything becomes incorporated and and lifts and, you know, it just it just does it right. Um, so anyway, uh, I can't say enough good things about this thing. I, I I'm looking for more things to put it in <laughs> with restraint. <laughs> not trying to go to the hospital. I don't have health insurance. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that was really good. That was really good. Um <laughs> Frother. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to get one now. So maybe, um, you know, Santa's coming. I have an Amazon gift card that I recently got. So, uh, yeah, best nine bucks to ever spend, you uh, know? Yeah. Sold, I mean, sold. There's other ones that are like 13 bucks, whatever. If you want to get one with a fancy handle, sure. But like, I think I spent 10, nine or 10 bucks on mine. Yeah. So don't feel like you're going to go too fancy. Perfect. Yeah. Well, what a jam packed episode. I know. Uh, and, and I think probably. That's probably everything, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think we covered it all. I'm, I'm, I, my last note was West Side Story is coming out this weekend. So, and we already talked about it. So, perfect. Yeah, and obviously, will be an upcoming episode on this podcast. At you know whatever Ugh. point, I can't wait. Yes, and being the Ricardos also comes out this weekend. I think too. So, oh, very interested in that. I've heard like I saw an article that was like you will feel foolish over the way you thought Nicole Kidman like pull off couldn't pull off. Lucille Ball, like it was a it was a review, and I was like, really? I don't really? know. I have no idea, but it it got me uh got me excited. I'd love to be totally wrong about her. Yes, I would too. <clears throat> but to be honest, I'm 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 interested in that, but I'm also really excited by Nina Arianda and J.K. Simmons. Yes, yes. I think that's, that's our just entry point. Yeah, I that that already feels like whiz bang casting. I can't wait to see them. Yeah. Well, folks, I have put my coat on. I'm sitting here with my coat on. I feel like an idiot. So I think <laughs> we should probably go. Yeah. I mean, we'll see everyone on Patreon. Should you describe or should you decide to become a uh, a patron of the Best Supporting Patreon? And um, I can't wait. I think it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be uh, equally exciting, if not more so, probably not less so. But uh, yeah. anyway, let's get in the car and swing by sheets. <laughs> get a schmegel, schmisket, and a schmuffin. Come no on. ketchup. <laughs> Come on. Get out of here. <laughs>